Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Conversations on Dance is brought to you by Yumiko. Discover the new Yumiko Kids SS19 collection. Included in this collection is the Kids Anna, a classic scoop tank Leo, Kids Daniela, a cross strap camisole leotard, a Kids Julia, gathered halter tie leotard, and so much more. Available in different color combinations online, explore Yumiko's new kids line. Get your own customizable dancewear now at yumiko.com. Looking for a discount on your Yumiko order? Order 10 items or more and enjoy Yumiko's group discount of 10% off. More information on yumiko.com. I'm Rebecca King Ferraro. And I'm Michael Breeden. And you're listening to Conversations on Dance. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Michael. How are you? Good. I'm excited. This week, we are going through um, and looking, uh, sifting through our survey responses, which we had uh, dozens and dozens of responses, almost 200, right? Yeah. So um, I thought that was great, considering people had to click several links to get to the place where they could give us their feedback. Totally. And uh, (laughs) uh, yeah, so we're going to be analyzing that today, going through and responding to some of the requests and uh, comments that people left in regard to our um, podcast and yeah. some of the things that, that we had talked about before that, um, you know, if we, we had had a hard time getting a good grasp on who our audience is, where they come from. And so that was something new for us to address. So I think, um, well, hats off to Rebecca for having this idea to do the survey to begin with. <laughs> um so, yeah. So where do we start? Well, I want to go through some of the questions first. Um, our main, the main points that we want to talk about is um, our last question where we ask people for feedback. So we have um, quite a few of those that we want to go through, but we'll go through some of the questions too, because a lot of these responses really surprised us in a really exciting way. And I think we feel 
like we know so much more about all of you that are listening. And so we can't thank you all enough for taking that time to do that. Um, like Michael and I were saying, we we're like, we don't know if we would have done that for a podcast. <laughs> so right. We, I mean, that's what I thought. I was uh, yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised by the amount of feedback because you know, you get one gets lazy, even for something that I like, it's like, if you have to go off of the app and then into a browser and then click, you know, several things. I don't know. Yeah. yeah and I'm then lazy. we like ask, you stuff. <laughs> then we ask you stuff like how much money you make, you know, how annoying, how invasive right. of us. <laughs> no, it was, it was invasive. Um, but we appreciate all of you that took the time. So the first one that was, that I found really interesting that surprised me was we asked you guys how you found out about us and almost 50% of you said social media and our smallest number actually was word of mouth, which we were kind of surprised by. So we would like to encourage you all just to tell a friend this week, tell a friend about COD and have them maybe share a favorite episode with them. See if they right. Might. There's your your gateway episode. You know, share that your gateway uh, episode. <laughs> let them know what what made you interested in the pod to begin with. Totally. And then hopefully we can expand to new listeners in that way. And um, we we really appreciate that sort of um, uh, organic. Uh, um, spreading the love growth yeah 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 so the other thing that i think really surprised us is where people are located we have so many international listeners and we literally had no idea i think right like we right we just assumed i mean <laughs> yeah i don't know why i don't know <laughs> i guess uh certainly we have a heavy focus on american dancers so maybe that was one reason but you know it's just you and i don't personally have a lot of contacts abroad. Mm -hmm. So we couldn't know firsthand that people were listening. So now to get that sort of information is, uh, <clears throat> it's really fascinating. And, and I, I, of course that makes us excited. And, uh, a lot of the requests that we had, so first we got the, those demographics, we saw that people were coming to listen to the pod from Europe and Canada, um, and elsewhere. Uh, but secondly, naturally, those people want uh, dance in their countries to be covered more, right. which is something to say that there's never been uh, a sort of exclusionary idea about who we are interviewing. I think that's what's one thing uh, that we can definitely stress on today's episode totally, is yeah. that we do what, um, it, what we are capable of doing. So firstly, we... Um, are able to interview anyone that, uh, when the Kennedy Center or Rail Dance Festival hires us out, we will interview anyone that they have available to us, of course. Mm -hmm. um, but then when it's just you and me, uh, we have to go through our personal contacts. So that's why you might be getting sort of American-centric, uh, ballet-heavy uh, guests. And we love all, all of our guests, but it doesn't mean that we we are uninterested in um, exploring certainly uh, dancers in other countries and dancers in, in styles outside of ballet. It's just a matter of getting the connection since we are just going off of what, what our little Rolodex is and then um, however people can come to us in other ways as well. But Absolutely. if anyone who is eager to see us uh, have European dancers on or Canadian dancers or, um, you know, people from other styles, we are super open 
to the idea and if people can give us a connection, you know, like literally hit us up in our email, Mm -hmm. send us a DM Mm -hmm. and say, I want you to talk to this person. I think they would be really excited to do it. And here's their email address. And we will do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're so I mean, uh, you know, we've had the podcast for how many years now? Three Three years, three years. And yeah, you know, it does get the dance world is small. So we're eager to expand outside of our even smaller American base. So we are very, very happy to do that. Totally. So DM us Instagram at conversations on dance. And our email is info at conversations on dance pod pod.com. So yeah, just hit us up and We'll try. And another thing we'll talk about too is like our availability and the time frame and how all the recording and that sort of stuff works. But any connections you can help us out with, people you want to hear from, you know where to find us now. So we would really appreciate it. And we're very open, as Michael said. And um, if you don't know them, you can DM them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> why, don't, or, why don't you send, send them a message on Instagram and say, you know, you should do this pod. Yeah, we'd be happy to do it because sometimes we do. There's been a lot of people that we've been in touch with and a lot of people that um, people requested in uh, this survey. And when we asked them if they had suggestions, a lot of people sent us um, long lists, which was awesome, of requested guests. And a lot of the guests on there we've been in touch with before. But people are busy. One of which right. we were talking about is Alexi Ratmansky was on there a lot. He's agreed to do it. You know, we know him. We've worked with him. He's agreed mm-hmm. to do it. On a few occasions, it's just he is a busy guy. So he's hard mm-hmm. to get a hold of. The same with Twyla Tharp. We've had the same kind of thing. So people are really ready and willing, which is fantastic. And it's just a matter of like finding that time, staying consistent. Like Jennifer Garner, mm-hmm. for example, I think we were talking to her for over a year before we were able right, to kind sure. of make something work. So, And it's not just us and the guests it's you and me too like we don't live in the same city Mm -hmm. we also have other work other jobs that we have to um prioritize Mm -hmm. unfortunately (laughs) because this is a this is a passion project for us this is not our bread and butter but it's just something that we love to do right and we love to give our audience um a product that they enjoy yeah, absolutely. We'll get more into that later as well. Um, so let's see. We really cool to see what kind of diversity we have in terms of if you listeners are ballet students, you are the parent of a student, you're a professional dancer, former dancer, audience that member, was enthusiast. Very evenly spread. Yeah, really evenly spread. I was really interested, and I know a lot of people kind of commented and were like, "We should be able to choose more than one." And and you're right because we all are <laughs> connected, right? I mean, we. Like, what are we going to say? Like, you know, so we were just kind of trying to get, um, you know, because like the responses come back in like a bar graph. But Mm -hmm. what you guys wrote in other was really helpful for us, too, because some of you said, like, I'm a parent of a dancer that goes to the school, but I also used to dance. So it's it's really cool Mm -hmm. to see the connections and the way that everybody comes together. And people wrote us Mm -hmm. notes too, saying they listen with their students, which is so cool. So we love to hear anything you guys sent to us. It was really great. All right. Um, everybody listens on yes. Apple Podcasts. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh. It's 75% of people, right? Yeah. This is something that might be interesting <laughs> for you guys just to know. Um, the When it comes to statistics, podcasts are very hard to measure who our audience is. That's why we did this um, 
specific survey. So the only thing we can measure is how many people download our episodes, unfortunately. And as we know, like I never download a podcast until I found this out. And then but see, even still, it's like sometimes I don't. It's like I try to support other podcasts, but it's hard mm-hmm. to always download episodes. So if you are available or able to download episodes a little more often, that definitely helps our numbers um, increase and get, give us a better idea of how many people really are listening. Because um, that just helps us in general when we're looking for um, you know things to bring to you guys, ways. And like when we talk to potential um guess we can say like this is how many people listen you know and that's a great mm-hmm. way to get people interested to talk to us a little more so just as a little aside in case mm-hmm. but yeah because we found out less than 50 percent of our listeners download actually only 35 percent yeah it was like a third yeah, yeah. exactly so, so but that's good if to you want to download to to fluff our numbers <laughs> <laughs> just to help yeah. us get a better idea of our accurate numbers michael <laughs> right. True. um exactly. yeah okay uh, so i think see. looking through we had uh also i thought it was interesting to see where people are located and the answer is just everywhere <laughs> yeah totally i think we we offered six cities mm-hmm. and new york los angeles miami chicago london san francisco and altogether those only comprise a third of our listeners and those you think of as major dance hubs well now we feel so silly because of course when we were like working on the survey we were also kind of using like instagram because they have some analytics on there as to where our followers are based so that's kind of where we got those those places from but i'm sure all the international listeners were like hey why did you do it over here we had no idea so we're so excited um to know that now and so we're glad that people let us know where they're where they are. So that brings us to our last question, which we have a lot to go through on this one, which is just, we asked people, we wanted to hear from you. Let us know how we can improve, what you want to hear more of, who you want to hear from. And we got some awesome responses that we're going to go through a little bit of those now. Let's do it. Let's see. I'm looking through our notes that we have here. We've done, talked about a lot of this already. (laughs) Oh, this is one I wanted to talk about. Um, a few people said that they would like to see us vary the form of our interviews. Um, and they said, you know, like we would like to see you not start with the question. Um, tell us how you got started in dance, that it feels a little structured. And so then I feel like a little bit like you guys are on to us and you see that that's always our (laughs) first question. Um, but I think we have, I just would like to say that I think we have a reason for asking that it might seem kind of like, you know, mundane just to like have the same question be that all the time but what I find especially when we don't know our um Mm -hmm. guest or they're a little nervous asking someone like that's not a thing they have they don't have to tell us how they feel about anything they don't have to you know get deep it's just like everybody knows the story of how they first started dancing so they kind of just like go through it and then that allows them to get more comfortable and kind of start warming up and a lot of times when I go back and edit them I notice that that like at the beginning it could be like a little tense and then Mm -hmm. as they're going through a story that's really familiar to them and really easy a question that's easy for them to answer they kind of start to open up and that's when we get to start to dig into some more interesting conversations yeah i think it's just about getting our listener or our sorry our interviewee Mm -hmm. uh in the most comfortable place possible like you said and starting out with a real softball like that i just think is is a good way to go yeah totally i agree and you know we can we'll we'll maybe think of other ways that we can kind of play with it but we do like to just make sure that um because you know the more comfortable they are 
the better the interview gets and the more we get from them and the more interesting um, it is. And another person said that they really like the episodes when we're talking to people that we're friendly with or that we know really well. And we love that too. That's always really mm-hmm. fun for us. And so when we do talk to people that we don't know personally, it's fun for us though, because what I really love about it is that people, especially like when we interview people in person, like one person that comes to mind is Mathilde from San Francisco Ballet. We didn't know her at all. And we came in and we had our interview with her. And then I think she stayed with us. She was our last interview of the day off the record for an hour after and we just like chatted with her. Like we, we became her friend <clears throat> mm-hmm. yeah. during that time, which I think is is so cool. So people come in, maybe strangers to us and leave as our friends, which is really mm-hmm. fun. Yeah, I, I think that the interview experience can be really bonding, especially when we're closer in age and, you know, we have shared experiences in the ballet world, you know, from the same generation. I think it's uh yeah, we leave wanting, wanting to like hang out with them. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I feel like, and that's what's been cool about going to Vale too, is like each year we know everybody a little bit better because we've talked to more of them, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like we become friendly with them. And then when they come back on for, you know, if we follow up with them for whatever reason, mm-hmm. then it feels like really comfortable and and nice, you know? Mm-hmm. I, uh, <laughs> I also wanted to, now I think we could bring up that, a lot of uh, people said that they would be interested in hearing more from uh, dancers in smaller companies mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, less lesser known names. Mm-hmm. Um, and we totally agree that, you know, they have people have stories that are compelling in every company. Mm-hmm. So um, and, you know, the most famous person in the largest company may not be as interesting as someone from a company half the size. Right. So the, the reason that uh, certainly while we started with larger names was because we wanted we needed to establish ourselves in some way and right. to get people interested to listen and, and, and to pay attention. And um, but now we certainly feel like um, hopefully <laughs> you guys are loyal enough that you won't uh, abandon us uh, right. for a little more adventurous content. Um, and again, here's another situation where if there's someone that does have an interesting story that we might not know about because we didn't dance in that company or haven't been seen that company, you know, Mm -hmm. um, we are certainly interested in, in talking to people, um, from other places. So we love suggestions Mm -hmm. that would, would specifically bring us to a dancer or a director in a smaller company. Um, Deanna C just suggested, uh, to us to interview Stoner Winslet, who is the director of Richmond Ballet. And oh, I think she nice. said it's her 40th anniversary this year. Oh, wow. Um, and she was just running off a list of the thing, like accomplishments that Stoner has had mm-hmm. and why she would make a great candidate for an interview. And I thought, great. I mean, I, it's just that, you know, it wasn't that I was thinking no before, we just need these things pointed out to us because we don't have personal experiences with these companies. Totally. Or like when I went to Valley, Arizona, and I was just like, is this the best company in America? And I, <laughs> no one knows. Like, how do you not know? It's just, you know, it, especially for smaller or regional companies, they're serving their region. And if you don't make it out to that region, you can't obviously know right. um, what's going on. Yeah. And it's been fun because just uh, recently we've had quite a few places get in touch with us in this way and telling us about stories of different people or access that they have to other people that they can help us with. So we're 
have quite a few emails running around right now, but we, you know, are always on the lookout to bring you guys really great, exciting content. And so, um, just like Michael said, if someone has a great story, tell us, we, we love it. Cause the other thing too, is like, we don't want you guys to think that we're like the only people that are important are like people with a title because we don't have titles and <laughs> we record answers. <laughs> so like, we're totally not like that. It's just, you know, we needed to get you guys hooked on us. Now you're hooked. And now we can bring you, you know, these, these other names that and introduce you to them and introduce us to them, you know, and get to know um, these people better. Two things that I'd like to talk about just because it's um, from the sound end of things. Um, And we've heard this before is when we do live events, questions from the audience are hard to hear. We totally are on to you. We know that we always tell our guests, we're like, okay, we're, when we take the question, this is before we record, when we take questions, let us repeat the answer into the microphone for the podcast, and then we'll say it back. But it's so funny when you're in this forum, when someone's right in front of your face asking a question, the guest just automatically responds because it seems so unnatural to yeah. repeat it. it it's mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry it's hard in the live context is all. Yeah. Right. And I think it, feel, it can feel stilted and weird mm-hmm. uh, with the people from the public. Right. So we, we, there it's things as something that we've been thinking about a lot in veil. We tried to have a microphone on, um, like near the audience so that they could, um, that could pick up the audience questions. We think some of those were a little bit better, but we totally hear you. And it's something we're, you know, working on and trying to figure out how to make it, um, best as possible like for example at the kennedy center when we did the um round table event in women in ballet the audience was so far away that repeating it made a lot of sense because no one in the room right could no hear that person's hear. question right so in a smaller venue everyone can hear it so it seems like a little less organic so it's mm-hmm. we hear you we're gonna keep going um a few people said some things about our sound quality and um so that that's something that is very important to me that we have good sound quality and we try and strive really hard for that. Rebecca, um, Rebecca was just reading those like, girl, same. Like- <laughs> same, exactly. <laughs> um, so what we do have as a setup, we have um, four microphones that we bought a few years ago um, and we have it plugged into my computer. We have a mixer, you know, we have equipment that probably costs about, I don't know, 600 or $800. Um we would love to have better microphones that just picked up our voices, not surround surrounding sound that was better for the pops, you know, the peas. <laughs> we would love that. Got, um, got a little note on that. Got a little note on, on that. It. But you know what? I hear you. And I heard it and I said, you're right. right. You know, and I that makes me also aware that, you know, people who are listening do understand, understand the importance of sound quality. I mean, when I listen to podcasts that the sound is bad, I turn it off. I get so... Right frustrated with and, it and that you know that's what it becomes especially rebecca does all of the technological dealings for the podcast and so i think it's pr- particularly hard for you right um because of course a, a lot of time what, times what will happen is we'll have like a technical snafu and the content was just so good mm-hmm. and we still want to deliver it which is why we always put these sort of um Disclaimer. What do you want to call it disclaimer. Yes, yeah. and there have been we've had episodes that are that were so good that were just literally lost. lost. Yeah, because of the sound quality, mm-hmm. and that that person was actually listed on a, as a request 
Mm-hmm. Sad. I know it's so sad because we lost that one. We lost forever. that one forever. We tried so hard. We had like professional, like vi- sound people try to rescue it. It's just, and the other thing too, just to like add into it, is that a lot of podcasts that you listen to, especially the ones that are like really professional, have producers and audio people, and mm-hmm. we don't. So when we're recording, it's like we just plug into my computer, like we we press record, we're watching it on the computer, we're watching the, you know, mm-hmm. sound come in. I mean, oh, the nightmares that you have lived through. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I mean, I think it's fine to say it, that our interview with Edward Liang, who Edward was just like, Ed is the best. And he was so understanding. So and amazing. I had, I had at least known him a long time. Oh, and God. so it was less like it wasn't like we were all total strangers in the room. Right. But the sound what happened it just kept like being like bye kept like shutting down just start just, it shut, shut down and sometimes we wouldn't notice because yes so the sound in my headphones doesn't change if the recording stops because right. it's coming from the microphones mm-hmm. so and we just I think it happened like three or four times I literally was like sweating like actual sweat was coming from my forehead mm-hmm. because I was just like I don't know how to f- <sighs> and, and also it's like <clears throat> You know, trying to stay in the conversation while being like, oh, my God, do we have this sound? We had the same thing with Marika Molnar. Do you remember? For some reason, it took me like 30 minutes to set up and figure out what's going on with the sound. Anyway, so sound is like. (laughs) Basically, Rebecca is a saint for everything she does (laughs) regarding sound. And we just need everyone to be super patient with us. And again, understanding of our budgetary constraints Mm. and um but that being believe s- that we're always trying our best yeah and that being said like if anybody has again we're, we're reaching out to you guys because we really felt the love from this um mm-hmm. like so many nice beautiful things you guys wrote to us so if you have like a hookup that we can get some microphones for a good deal or you have some that you don't use mm-hmm. and you want to send them to us the microphones that we have were just 50 dollars, so they're you know, and they can go up to like 2000. So right. we have room to definitely create better sound quality in that way. So, you know, it's something that's part of always on our list as we grow, but it's not always, you know, to us too. It's a lot of times when we travel to get interviews, that's where that money goes to instead of necessarily getting better sound equipment. So we know we can grow there. We appreciate any help that's possible with that. And we'll keep working on it and keep trying to save and create, you know, get mm-hmm. some of the better equipment. Right. And I, I mean, I think that's an interesting point. Like if someone has a connection, that's mm-hmm. as valuable as like a donation, you oh, know, yeah. it, like in that way, or someone, someone wants to donate miles to us so we can fly to interview a guest, yeah. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. Like we are, we accept. we're not a nonprofit, but we, <laughs> we have those same sorts of needs and, right. um, you know, so any sort of, Hook up in that way is great. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Michael has something he wants to address. Oh, okay. So one particular response um, expressed a dislike of our emphasis on Balanchine and American Ballet culture, um, saying that Balanchine was a known promoter of toxic masculinity and a perpetuator of abuse. Um, and the cringe whenever someone from New York City Ballet is on the podcast because they come from that tradition. Um, well, I, you know, firstly, I don't think that anyone in New York City Ballet should be paying for the sins of anyone that came before them. They are their own people and with their own ideas of 
the art. So, you know, I don't think Tyler Peck is a promoter of toxic masculinity. <laughs> so, um, but uh, secondly, it kind of circles back to what we've been saying. It's like, you know, it's still it's still our podcast. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a, right. it's a, we our experience was being deeply immersed in those ballets and what those ballets gave to us. Mm-hmm. And um, that is what we're going to put back out. And part of that is always going to be baked into the work we do. Right. We're super open to covering things outside of Balanchine. Um, I mean, the, someone that I don't know, it was a little ironic. Some of the requests like uh, Macmillan. Okay. Also problematic. Um, right. But you know, but so many artists are problematic. The thing about the the good thing about these people is that they are dead, and we don't have to dig them up and put them on trial for their sins. They're not right. profiting from their work anymore. You know, they <laughs> the art is there, mm-hmm. and I think in in the way that we can still listen to Wagner mm-hmm. or. Um, you know, it's a little different when there's someone like a Roman Polanski or Woody Allen. Right. And that person is alive and can, stands to profit in spite of accusations of abusive behavior. Right. Um, and then that becomes a deeper discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think, you know, you do have to have nuance in the conversation. What balancing, there are things that, yeah, I mean, I, you read Allegra Kent's book. I reread that for the first time two years ago. And there was... Uh, There's stuff point in where, there. well, <laughs> you know, he just at one point he just says things that I think in the fifties were pretty commonplace, but make me want to cringe now. Mm-hmm. Um, Jacques Dambois shows up with Allegra and another and his wife or girlfriend at the time to dinner, and Balanchine is with Tanny, his wife mm-hmm. at the time, and Tanny's mother, and then he says something like, "A man should always have two beautiful women." on him at any given point and i was just like well that you know that's icky yuck <laughs> and, and especially he's with his wife and his mother-in-law that's just <laughs> creepy but you know th- that's a different thing from an actual accusation of abuse and um <clears throat> and you know i think you still have to the way that the it's been like a runaway train of I mean, it's just so complicated. I don't want to put my foot in my mouth about this. But um, what I think is that you need to talk to the people who lived these experiences. Mm -hmm. For instance, I read a lot of things about Suzanne Farrell, people saying that, you know, he was flat out abusive to her and putting their view on it. But Suzanne is the one that lived it and never says anything like that mm-hmm. if you read her by or you watch her documentary, which I did. And again, you, you like you see things through the 21st century view and it look it's very problematic. You can't ha- you couldn't have a director now. You shouldn't have a director that is allowed to continue to, to marry his dancers one after another and then follow have them fall out of favor or whatever. Mm-hmm. But right. Suzanne still loved her life and loved her experience with Balanchine and continues to work in that tradition in vain. So I think if she's the one saying, you know, we, we don't need to drag someone if, if the uh, alleged victim 
does not perceive themselves that way. Right. Well, just for example, like think of how different it is when we ask people who danced during that time, their experience with Balanchine and their experience with Robbins. Nobody's like, oh my God. Like they'll say he was a genius. They'll explain. But, you know, they always say to us, well, he was complicated. It was a, con-, you know, so. Oh, no, now people just flat out, nobody. Or don't even write. anymore. Exactly. <laughs> just like, I mean, pe- the number of people that will verbatim say, Jerry was a horrible person, mm-hmm. but you know, he still created His work brilliant still, art. Exactly. And again, he is in the grave, not profiting off his works. I mean, still I, a part I, of history, we've talked about know? this before, right? I mean, I have problems with some of his works being done now. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's been a lot of and, talk about that, especially with fancy free. Yeah. I mean, fan, really the concert's the one that bothers me. Yeah. Um, cause I think fancy free Gina had a great article, Gina Pascoguin, friend, friend of, the, of pod. the pod, um, a great article about it being coached properly. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really true, but there are some moments in the concert that I don't think you could coach into being appropriate. Right. Like it, when you hit a girl me. over the head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had to do that. <laughs> I had to club a woman and drag her dead body off stage to laughs. Not great. Um, But yeah, so and I think also like along these lines, I think that Balanchine is what we know and what we love. Um, It's the way we danced. It was what we wanted for our careers. So and, you know, some people said that it's so funny because some of the responses for someone that said we're sick of hearing about New York City ballet dancers and ABT dancers give us something else, which, again, we're not. Like, you're not wrong. We hear you. There was just as many people saying, give me more ABT, give me more New York City Ballet. So it is important for us to find that balance. But I think that Mm -hmm. for us, being able to talk to balancing dancers and talk about that time is extraordinary, extraordinarily fascinating. And like for Michael, for example, like you have such a knowledge, like you remind Patricia McBride of years that things happened in her life, you know, Mm -hmm. because you, it's something that's so interesting to you. And so Mm -hmm. I think that we, those interviews we can offer something more unique than just like a normal press interview. Um, and it is a period in, of time and a period in history that we find um, really interesting to be able to help um, preserve a little bit in our own way. Mm-hmm. So it's something that we, we feel passionately about and we will continue to do as much as we mm-hmm. can. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just balancing is a, a complicated person. And, and if you rip out the nuance, then it's just it's just as bad as as paving over anything that's problematic. Right. Um, you know, he was he was he also. OK, for instance, so this is something that obviously one could not do today, but at the time would have been. A, a revolutionary idea. He really, I, he wanted School of American Ballet to have two branches, one with all African-American students and one with Caucasian students, because he thought that black kids deserved the chance to do ballet too. Mm-hmm. Of course, you can't open a segregated school and that would be ridiculous right. now. But for then, <laughs> that's why I'm saying you have to look at things through the prism of their time, right? through the lens of their time, because that it was something he ultimately couldn't get off the ground because it would, would have been unfeasible in the thirties mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he also, there are just so many stories about, I mean, he, he was a caring 
good person. He, right. at one point, there was like a horribly anti-Semitic teacher who yelled at, I think it was Ruthanna Boris or mm. another Jewish student. And he was like, get out of class, Jew. You can't be a ballerina. Oh. Jews can't be dancers. Like you're, or so, you know, something terrible. Mm-hmm. And she fought back and was like, what does being Jewish have to do with being a dancer? I, you know, and as a kid, like right. amazing. And then he said, so then, but like, it, it, of course it did not end well. She left class and was crying and Balanchine caught her in the hall and was like, you know, Ju- the Jewish people have a special fire in them that, that no one can take away from you. And, um, you'll always have that. Right. Like, you know, I don't, it, it, yes. Then he does other complicated things. Like it gets jealous and, um, you know, acts out in a certain way, but it doesn't, you can't just paint it over in one broad stroke and say, mm-hmm. well, he did something that would have been really, um, unsavory in 2019. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, that's true too, but mm-hmm. you have to, to keep nuance in the conversation. Yeah. And we love dancing, balancing ballet. So there's that too, you know, they're great ballets. <laughs> All right. So let's move on a little bit more. Before we get to some of the requests that we got, I would like to go through and list some of the requests for guests that we got that we've actually already talked to. And we're super lucky that we've had over 150 episodes in our three years, including lots of bonus episodes. So sometimes it's easy to miss some of these. So one thing we really suggest is going to our website, conversationsondancepod.com slash listen dash now. That is going to be a list of every single episode we've ever done. And it's just one per line. So it's really easy to browse. You can also search there for different names. And then you can get the episode number. And then if you prefer to listen um, in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast, then you can go and find it a little more easily. Um, You might find some people in there that you didn't realize we talked to. So here are some of the ones that we got requests for and um, what episode number they are. So Kevin McKenzie, the Artistic Director of American Ballet Theater, we talked to in episode 65. Highly recommend listening to that he was just incredible we had the most fun with him he was awesome i i was um actually i'm scanning through our document of all these requests and answers too and, and seeing that there are a number of people that i think we can say since they're in the can mm-hmm. uh, uh requested people that are coming yeah. that will be coming out so we yeah. have joseph gordon and mm-hmm. india bradley um those were two names that stood out to me as people that we got in veil so if mm-hmm. you requested that your wish is our command <laughs> There was someone else that I was like, oh, now I'm wondering where was it? There was someone else along that list that is coming up. Oh, and there was someone that we've been contacted by that someone asked for. So we're working on that as well. Um, Okay, Katie Morgan. A lot of people are asking us about that. And we do really want to follow up with her. with her time now at Miami city ballet. So we're hoping to make that happen at some point. We haven't asked her yet. So if Katie, you're listening, <laughs> come on the pod, but we did listen. Uh, we did talk to her way back when in episode 37. So if you're looking for our chat with her, you can find it there. We've talked with Chris Wielden. Uh, he was at San Francisco ballet when we were there. That's episode 93. People asked for stuff from the dance media side. Um, and we talked to Amy Brandt of point magazine. She's the editor in chief there in episode, 79. Uh, Catherine Hurlin of ABT, episode 131. Skylar Brandt, also of ABT, in episode 127. 
And then we'll get to this in our request, but um, a lot of people were mentioning Alistair McCauley, so we just wanted to um, put out there that we've talked to him in episode 120, 77, 30, and then a few bonuses from Vale. And I wanted Alistair to know that no one asked if we had talked to him. Everyone knows we've talked to him before. (laughs) So that was just to list all the ones that we've had him on for so Mm -hmm. far. So maybe we'll go through our requests that we have now. Well, uh, you know, aside from people that were sick of hearing from Valentine, we had a lot of people that really wanted to hear more. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and, and again, that's a, a connection thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I think dancers. It's, it's fine. Yes. I, no, we're going we're gonna to talk to Valentine from the beyond. No, sorry. I be a Ouija not, special. Right. Uh, <laughs> not just about Valentine, but like <laughs> right, right, right. The, that. Yeah, those mm-hmm. groups. You know, and the, again, these are things like we talked about Twyla and Alexi agreeing. Uh, Wendy Whalen has agreed in the past, but then mm-hmm. um, Allegra Kent is someone that we sent questions to and we were all ready to go. And then it just fell apart at the last minute. And mm-hmm. uh, this is a, an Allegra story that because I had to call her. She doesn't have email. <laughs> um, Susie Pilar and, set us up with the contact. It was super yeah, nice. Very nice of her. Mm-hmm. And Allegra was very open to it. And then she wanted me to send her uh, the questions and also told me that if I could put a drawing on there if I liked, which was <laughs> <laughs> so great. And then my favorite thing was when she was giving me her address. Her apartment number was something P. And she said P as in Petrushka. <laughs> so I just, it was the most, I couldn't. Mm-hmm. She couldn't have been any more Allegra in the conversation. Um, and we have to try. Uh, we got to keep. We got to get her on because she's yeah. just so wonderful. Something was happening. It was like she had like a perform, like she was doing some sort of like live, um, like a an interview <clears throat> or something. Right. And it was just like that weekend that I was in New York. And so it just didn't work out time wise. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there are. And then I'm just looking to it like someone here just wrote like the best list of guests that includes Suzanne Farrell, Meryl Ashley, Jacques Dambois, um, Cynthia Gregory, Kent Stoll, Francia Russell, Ben Stevenson, Alexi Ratmansky, Jock Soto. Okay. We'll talk to all of them. Yeah. <laughs> like it just, yeah. Ugh, all on our <laughs> list for sure. We'll keep going there. Um, our number two most requested, because these are, I kind of put them in order-ish, but uh, with Suzanne, of course. We, yeah. We and we're always you. breaking on Suzanne. The elusive muse eludes us. She is elusive. But we do, people (laughs) have helped us with contacts Mm -hmm. for sure. And so we've, we're going to keep pushing on for you guys. That'll be really exciting someday when that Mm -hmm. happens. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Additional episodes with Alistair. And again, you know, if you, well, the thing is, we don't even need requests because Alistair is just constantly feeding us new ideas. It's true. He's always wanting to, to cover specific ballets that he's mm-hmm. at that moment, like doing a deep dive in research on. Mm-hmm. And we love it. So we'll just see what Alistair wants to do. And then we'll do it. We'll do that. We'll do that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's true. We do need him to, we need to talk to him about something that he's got all this preparation on because he does so much extensive research. It's awesome. Um, the next thing that's really cool to us is people ask for more episodes of Just Us. Which yes was really yes. cool <laughs> yeah people like us we see we get nervous you guys because yeah we're like, yeah it seems sometimes when we release it it feels like we're spamming you <laughs> <laughs> or that you don't you know i don't know that you know we're, we're we're we are vessels to provide content of others so it's 
when to make ourselves the central figures in an episode can feel narcissistic but you guys were positive about it so we'll keep bringing you our narcissism you said that really nice i was i was gonna say like we think we're garbage so we don't want to (laughs) talk just us so um but what's fun is that we're always wanting to do that and we're happy to they're really fun for us and also really easy to schedule which is great um but sometimes you know we never we don't want to do them unless we feel like we have something really substantial to talk about or you know like a good topic or else we just kind of feel like it's like why meandering Um, and yeah yeah so again along the lines while you're sending us lots of emails and dms add on there any ideas um that you'd like us to tackle there were a few in here that were um that we've put on our list which will be fun so we have a few of those coming one of which was uh, people like when Michael talks about staging Justin Peck ballets. Unfortunately, he just finished staging in Miami. So we're going to have one coming soon. We just decided that. Definitely. Right second. Yeah. <laughs> no, we already <laughs> talked about it. Um, yeah. To hear about Michael's experience working at Miami City Ballet. So stay tuned. I'll bring that to you. And then we have uh, next on our list is people that were people were very positive about our work both at Veal Dance Festival and at the Kennedy Center. So we are grateful that uh, everyone is enjoying something that personally brings us so much pleasure. I know like for the both of us, like going out to, to Vail and down to DC, it's just, it's always such a pleasure. So we have the um, most fun. We like it. So we're glad you like it. And it's really fun for us because, and this was one thing we were going to get into and now's a good time um, is just that like, you know, scheduling wise, we've, we've touched on it, but for us to be able to go to these locations, like we sit down that, well, for one example, San Francisco ballet, one day we sat down and did, what was it? 17 interviews in one day, Oh, I think, or like 11. It was was 11. 11. It was 11. And then the next day we did something like nine. I don't know. It was a lot. It was very, there's a lot. (laughs) But for us, it's so great to have these like places that we can go to where there's a lot of people and we have access to people where it's just like they walk into our studio or wherever we're recording and just like chat with us for half an hour and then go about their day is so, so great for us. So we, a lot of times and you'll like, we got a ton of episodes in Vail that will be coming out, you know, little by little throughout um, the rest of this year and probably into 2020. But just being able to get all of that content when place. I mean, right now we have like 20 episodes in the can just waiting, you know, to go right. out. Um, and, you know, we'll pepper in other more timely things as we go. But it's really that's like the best time for us to get people. And so and a, and a lot of times it's funny. There's a lot of crossover between people who are in Vail and who are at the Kennedy Center when we happen to be there. So, again, that goes right. back to like who we have access to to speak with. Um, and that's how we um, end up choosing our guests a lot. Um, another thing that people said was they'd like to see us expand outside of ballet, which again, we've been talking about this a lot. Like Alistair always likes to remind us it's called conversations on dance, not conversations <laughs> on ballet. Um, we're always trying. We're always um, trying. You know, and it, again, it's just a matter of accessibility. But we do have a couple episodes that we're excited about. Um, we, I mean, one that I'm really excited about because I had the chance to work with this amazing dancer at Martha Graham Dance Company, uh, Troy Schumacher is creating a world premiere for them. And um, we, I, I honestly, it was so hard to just like pick one. And I just have to hope that we get everyone else later. I know. Cause <laughs> but we, but um, we were we were really happy with the interview. It was with Charlotte Landreau. Uh, 
I'm obsessed with her. Everyone follow her on Instagram. I'm obsessed with her Instagram. Yeah. It's so beautiful. So that will come out soon. Um, but again, there's another instance of someone is just like, uh, I mean, we, we, we may have ended, ended up interviewing her because of Vail, but it was, I had just worked with her. So I knew that she would be interesting, but right. you know, I don't get to work with everyone, <laughs> especially, <laughs> you know, people outside of New York or Miami. Um, right. So, well, that's another example of a scheduling situation too, because mm -hmm. so we stayed in Vail for two weeks this year. And one of the reasons we stayed so long, there was actually like two days before our last day where not very many people were there. A lot of people had left and it was like kind of changing of the guard. A lot of people were leaving, new people were coming in and we stayed in to that last day in order to do an episode um, on Martha Graham and cause they just got in the night before. So we like, Charlotte literally got off the plane, drove up the mountain three hours, dropped her stuff and came and talked to us. Right. Like, then that was the only time it was like seven o'clock or eight o'clock at night. That was the only way we mm -hmm. could get someone. Cause then the next morning we did our live event and then we were leaving and they were in rehearsals. So. We, and that was for Janet Elber, who's the director of Martha Graham dance company. Yes. That one we released, right? Yeah, we did. We did. Okay. And that one is um, episode 147, which was awesome. So that was cool. So we did get like two Martha Graham um, mm -hmm. episodes. But honestly, I wanted everyone. Like I know all those dancers individually now and they all have completely unique stories that I think hopefully we'll, we'll get them eventually because, yeah. um, well, for instance, like Lloyd Knight has been with the company 15 years and he's a good friend of mine. So that was someone I've, I've been dying to have Lloyd on for ages, but it's like in theory, we can get him some other time because we're friends you and, have um, access to him yeah. exactly right yeah um the other people that we were um able to talk to or explore another company we were able to explore in Vail, which we haven't had the chance to before just because we were there for so long is lines in san yeah. francisco and they are so awesome and we got two incredible dancers from there that were really interesting episodes and again it's like now I'm like, do I want to be in Martha Graham? Do I want to be in Lions? Like these companies sound oh, so and our, cool. Our interviews with Pam, like and Pam, Pam Tanowitz. She she says that she, all the time. She does not create ballets. Mm -hmm. Might make a, a dance for ballet dancers, but right. um, you know, Pam is decidedly not in ballet. <laughs> oh my god, her episode's um, so good. So we released a bonus episode with her um, from Vail. That's just like a short bit, and we'll have the full thing coming later. And we had the most fun yeah. with her. We're, awesome. we're big Pam stands. Yeah, I love Pam. Um, and we did actually, she has been on the pod before. That's the episode live from the Kennedy Center, the Women in Ballet right. panel um, in episode 140, if you want to listen to that before we have her on again. And we also have um, the artistic director of Ballet Hispanico coming on in the coming weeks. So that's going to mm -hmm. be really great. So we're working on it. We're working on spreading more and learning more because it, you know, it interests us too. And it needs to, we want to be only giving you content that interests us as well because otherwise we're not producing good content you know so it's mm -hmm. as we are exploring these companies and we're getting really interested in it and excited about it it's fun for us to be able to bring that uh to you guys as well yeah definitely so i guess that brings us to the end of our our survey oh there's one last one segment oh we, we can one, ask one. people for more one, connections. One, one, one more <laughs> people said more live events and to that we say yes so <laughs> well, I, call us. We agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we love doing live events and any opportunity to do it is awesome. We wish that we had um, the capacity to kind of put them on ourselves um, financially and just like the connections to do it. And like, it's so much work. And that's one thing. Actually, we wanted to touch on that a little bit more is kind of like what we're doing 
that this is not like our full-time work. You know, we are Mm -hmm. trying between our jobs, between meetings, between whatever we're doing to send out emails. Um, Right now we're recording this on a Sunday afternoon, the first day off Michael's probably had in forever. And I'm going to go work after this. So, you know, we, how many things do you do, Rebecca? um, I do a lot of things. Yeah. (laughs) I have, (laughs) we can um, go through an each. Yeah. yeah, I have seven um, marketing clients that I work for. I do social media management for them, build websites. Um, I work with one client that is the uh, largest event in my area in the whole um, like Treasure Coast area of Florida. Mm-hmm. And their event is the beginning of November and over 30,000 people come and I'm responsible for the website and the marketing for that. Oh, so nice. that it's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's something that I'm really in the middle of doing right now. But then I also have all my other clients that continue, um, to have things going on. One of which is dimensions dance theater of Miami, which is a ballet company in Miami that was founded by former, uh, Miami city ballet dancers, Jennifer Cronenberg and Carlos Guerra. So I do their marketing. So, and they're also always having events. And then I teach ballet too. I'm starting to teach ballet again, which is great. Teach mm-hmm. yoga. You know, it's just like we're hustling. Yeah. And then I edit on Monday mornings. I edit conversations on dance episodes. Right. (laughs) Post-career hustle. Yeah. And you're doing all of your... Yeah. I have, obviously, we have COD. Mm -hmm. I stage ballets for Justin. I am assist Troy Schumacher, uh, both as ballet master and sort of a personal assistant. Um, And I teach... Uh, regularly in two schools, but pick up additional work all the time. Mm-hmm. And I still dance just a teeny bit, but <laughs> exclusively for Tom Gold Dance, my buddy Tom. Yeah. So that's all those things. That's a lot of things. It's a lot of things. So we, it's, this is definitely something that we try to prioritize as much as possible. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's not, we're, we aren't able to in a way that we'd like to. We'd like to try to. Right continue that. And, and I think too, like, especially at the beginning, in the beginning, we had a lot of time for it because we still were like looking for other things. And then we got a lot of other things, but right. Cause I feel like when you were like really teaching and traveling a lot, that was really crazy. And now it's like sort of calm, like you have more calm times in the middle or something. Is that true? I don't know. Maybe we just got used to it. Maybe all. we just got used to it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this summer, I like the months of July, well, in August, too. I, I I took off the 4th of July and then I took off Labor Day. Like that was it. Yeah. I was working 50 to 60 hours a week every week. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Do people do that? Do normal people do that? I just don't. I don't know. As dancers, we work so hard, but it's so different. Right. It's like you have, I mean. You clock out at a time. You, your work is physically draining in a way that the work I'm doing now is not. Mm-hmm. But you I mean, if you the max number of hours a dancer could do, let's say, at Miami City Ballet rehearsal week, mm-hmm. not including anything like if you choose to do additional cross training or something. Mm-hmm. But what, what was the math on this? It's seven and a half hours a day times five. Yeah. Want to do that math for me? Yeah, hang on. A um, 30, is that 37 and a half? I don't know. Yeah, no, 37 know. and a half hours in a week. But that like that's yep. far less than 50 or 60 hours. It's hard. And no one sends you emails after you leave work and no one sends you emails on the weekend and no one needs you. Yeah. The weekend is usually my catch up time. Weekend is like, 
clean the uh, house, you know, do I, the laundry. Oh, no. Oh, oh I, well, yeah. It used to be. That is a valid answer. Yes. Right, right. And now that stuff is like, pff, oh. when? never. I know. That's what I'm supposed to be yeah. doing right now. And here I am. <laughs> here we are working. <laughs> working. It's but this so is the hard. fun work. Though. Yeah, I know. It's just, this is easy. I actually have a lot of work to do after this. Same. That's like, that's why we've be... been going for 54 minutes because we don't want to. <laughs> oh my God. Boo. <laughs> address our <laughs> real work we have to do. Yeah. No, I actually have fun. to go now. You just reminded me. Okay. Oh. Bye. <laughs> okay. No, we, ha- no, you can't go yet. We have to thank everybody for being so awesome and supportive. No, I really, the, the outpouring of support for the survey was super cool. And yeah. the fact that we had so many responses and so many detailed, responses and and helpful suggestions um number one thing we want people to take away from this episode besides the fact that we love you all yes is just keep suggesting things and if you have a connection to offer do not be afraid to offer it if you say like there's i know this dancer in x company and they have a really cool story here's their contact we will do that yeah we're not um in any way married to a certain agenda of who we want on the podcast. Totally. Yeah. The only thing that we're married to is creating interesting episodes and bringing you mm-hmm. interesting stories. You know, that's the only, like for us, it's just creating something good and interesting. And you know, the other thing too, that we wanted to bring up is like a lot of podcasts sometimes will, you know, only put out like two episodes a month and then like, put bonus episodes on something like Patreon or one of those places where you mm-hmm. have to pay for it. And for us, that's re- like, we've talked about it before and we really feel like our mission is that ballet should be accessible to everyone. And this is a free thing that we can offer that thankfully so many of you like, and it's also a resource. Like we heard from a lot of parents that found it really helpful. So we like to be able to offer it to you for free. Like that is, Right. Our goal and we will never charge for these episodes. So we just wanted to add that too and and we really appreciate all of the support that you've given us. <laughs> and even when people said like, Oh, you could work on this at the end they're like, But we still love you or like, you know, nice things. So it was right. really it made us feel really good. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Mikey. Well, that's it for today. All right. That's it. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Yeah, we get to talk to each other some more and do podcasts just us more often. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Yes. You're that like, we can do. Like, great. No, I love our episodes because it's just us it's so fun. chatting. I know. Like, uh, yeah. All right, Mikey. Okay. Well, have a great day. Right. You too. All talk right. later. Talk Bye. later. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for joining us this week. Please take a moment to rate us on iTunes or wherever you get this podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Conversations on Dance. Subscribe to this podcast now to be automatically notified when new episodes become available every Monday. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.